Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Listening to the Tamar Yono Show here at Israel News Talk Radio. We are live on this Sunday afternoon between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy Time right here in the land of Israel. Or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, that means that we're live. If you have any comments or questions that you'd like to weigh in on the show, that topics that we're speaking about, you can call in. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. You know, we get emails here, comments from listeners, and I always try to encourage people, we do live shows so you can join us on the air and weigh in on the issue instead of after a show is done. Because even if you get an answer, it's only you that's getting the, getting the answer, and everybody who's listening The thousands of people are listening live and or on podcast. They're not hearing what your point is. And it's a real pity, as they say. It's a chaval. Okay, so I want to say hi to everybody who's listening in from all over the United States and all over Israel, the Netherlands, Canada, the United Kingdom, Poland, Australia, Brazil, South Africa, other places as well. We are going to be talking about how Israel prepares for the upcoming national holidays this week and next. Also, the United States Society Development and Secret Documents is another topic we'll be talking about. Europe and Germany. Also, China's air superiority over Taiwan. Remember, a little war one place in the world can quickly spread to the rest of the world. Also, slave reparations today in the United States. What's that about? And a theory of a coordinated attack by all Iran proxies. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right, so let's start talking about how Israel is preparing now for the upcoming national holidays. This week we have Yom HaShoah, which is Holocaust Remembrance Day, and we also have the following week, we have the Memorial Day, and and immediately on the heels of that, it turns into Israel Independence Day celebrations, which I am already preparing for and inviting people over for barbecue meal, family, etc. Um, because everybody but everybody barbecues on Yom Ha'atzma'ut, which is Israel Independence Day. It's just a thing that we in Israel do. And the next day, it's all gray skies <laughs> because of all the, the, the uh, barbecue smoke <laughs> that went up. Okay, so where would you like to start? Well, the first thing I'd like to say is that... Um, you pronounce the name incorrectly, though you pronounce it the way everyone does, and everyone makes the same error. Okay. It's not Yom HaShoah. It's Yom HaShoah V'Hagvurah. Ah, okay. That's a name. That's very that important. was recently added only some years ago. And no, translate no, no, that for no. people so they know what you're talking about. No, no. It was from the very beginning. That was the correct name from the very beginning. But people. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the terror victims. They added on terror victims, and that's for Memorial Day, I guess, for the fallen soldiers, right? Okay. So, uh, so it's for the holiday. It's important to to be aware that um, uh, 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 Yom Yom Shoah, everything concerning the Holocaust, has been misrepresented intentionally by many. formidable organizations and governments around the world since the very beginning, since since the, since the beginning of that day. I don't remember the exact date when the um, um, when the Memorial Day for it was declared, sometime in the 50s. I don't remember what year, but um, uh, 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 they've been rep- misrepresenting it from the very beginning uh, uh, with such... Um, really cruel and and, and incorrect statements such as um, 
one of the things that's invented by the Catholic Church, uh, comparing comparing the Jews to um, uh, sheep to the slaughter, which is absolutely a lie, a terrible, horrible lie from the very beginning. And let me just give some one number here so people understand what it is I'm talking about here. Um, of course, everyone knows, everyone in America knows or should know that some uh, 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 many hundreds of thousands of Americans went to fight during World War II, and that, of course, is extraordinarily honorable. I mean, it's been described endlessly with, with in the most honorable terms, and that, of course, is, is entirely justified. But in the end, what you're talking about, uh, when you're talking about the entire country of the United States, you're talking about, again, justifiably so, a very small percentage of the actual people fought in the war. And that, that's, that, that's normal. That's okay. That's not criticism. But when you're talking about the Jewish people, the Jewish people, 19% of the entire worldwide Jewish population fought against the Nazis. 19%. Never in the history of humanity has that percentage of people, uh, that percentage of a people actively come under arms and fought in a, in a conflict particularly when we didn't have a country to fight for. So the addition of the word gvorah here, of heroism, is extraordinarily important to, to understand what Yom HaShoah is all about. Okay. So, so the, that, that the, 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 the term should be um, um, uh, uh, expressed correctly. It's not just Holocaust Memorial, but it's Holocaust and Heroism Memorial. All right. Uh, I want to give our listeners a little taste of what it's like. What does that mean to the Israeli citizens? And you'll fill in where, if, if I leave anything out, but on Yom HaShoah, and you'll fill in, <laughs> and the um, brave, how did you say it in English? The heroism. The heroism. Uh it is a time where restaurants close, places of entertainment like movie theaters, etc., close, uh, cafes, etc. Uh, on television and radio, the programming is changed to stories about people who were in the Holocaust, lessons, movies about the Holocaust, etc. And it's a solemn day for Israeli citizens. There's a siren as well where everybody stops and uh, they stand in silence for that. And the following week, I'm just going to jump ahead because the, we only have four more minutes to the segment. On the following week, when we go into Memorial Day for the soldiers and for the victims of terror, it is a similar where we also have the restaurants are closed, places of entertainment are closed, um, cafes, movie theaters, etc. And uh, a siren also in the evening and in the morning. Also, I think it's two minutes long, the siren, if I'm not, or it's one minute. I think it's two minutes for Yom HaShoah for Holocaust Day and one minute each. I don't remember exactly for, uh, for Memorial Day. And again, it's just fascinating to be in Israel and so gratifying to see all the traffic on the freeways stopping. Just people stop their cars on the freeway and they get out and they stand. They get out of the driver's seat. Everyone gets out of the car and they stand in complete silence in honor and in memory of those people who have fallen our dear ones, etc., and uh, then on the uh, following, uh, on next week, following Memorial Day, there is a ceremony where the flag also goes down to half mast, and then when it turns into Independence Day, the the go the changing over of the ceremony is just something spectacular to see. Each year, I watch it on television because it is filled with. Uh, uh, the army troops, the different uh, branches of the army marching, and then there's a trade-off of the flag from going from sadness into happiness because these people died for a reason to protect and uh, and make a state of Israel to protect its citizens. And then the flag goes up and the celebrations begin. And boy, what celebrations they have. It's just amazing. And uh, it's very, very touching. If you haven't been to Israel, come during this time. The weather is perfect. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And you'll really see the nation um, celebrating. Go ahead. I always, I'm, I'm always extraordinarily moved by the, 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 the basic idea of, the of an entire country coming to a standstill, literally standstill. And this includes even, even the Arab citizens who, 
in, in a sense, have have no vested interest in it. Well, so I've seen Arabs keep going, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, but, but, okay, always, but we'll skip over that for the, now. The, the ingrates. But basically the entire country comes to a total standstill. And that's phenomenal. Can you imagine... <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> it is very moving, the as The United you said. States, for instance, standing, totally standing still for two minutes? It, it could never happen. Could you, could you imagine that happening in, anywhere in Europe? It could never happen. So it's an extraordinarily moving. It's extraordinarily powerful and very meaningful. Remember, we still have uh, uh, some Holocaust survivors among us, and we have, of course, My father. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of immediate family of Holocaust survivors. Right. My father, he should live to be 120 in good health, please God. My father, a Holocaust survivor, he's 94 years old or 96, we're not sure, because the records for birth were messed up, you know, during those war years, uh, and, and you know, or after, I should say. Whatever. In yeah. any case, we have about 30 seconds till we go to a break. How do you want to wrap up this segment? Well, I, I think I think the, anybody who wants to have any understanding of what the Jewish people really are needs to have an understanding of the inner meaning of anti-Semitism. And again, one of the things that we've been accused of incessantly, which is a complete lie, is that Israel is a result, Israel as a country, is a result of Holocaust, which is total nonsense, of course. Um, uh, uh, the political process started decades before that, but Yom HaShoah is very central to our, to our being. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And as we were discussing the uh, national holidays of Israel, which is uh, Yom HaShoah, the Hagvura, is that <laughs> the, um, and uh, we have uh, Memorial Day for the fallen soldiers and victims of terror, and also following falling right after that on its heels is Israel Independence Day and they fall one week from each other. So where would you like to take that? Well, I, 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 I'm, I'll make an assumption and I'll, I'll say that I'm, I'm probably most most people have heard of the, the, the name of the mountain Masada. Uh, 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 uh. There is a vast uh, um, uh, difference in time but something which is very poignantly in common between the two of of uh, the 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 issue of the um, the the heroism of the fighters throughout the throughout uh, 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 the Jewish nation during World War II and the history of fighters throughout the eons basically in which the Jewish people have existed and of course the um, uh, 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 the story of Masada is a very famous story and most people know it. Or at least know most of it, and uh, um, um, this is really a part of the basic ethos of how the state was founded. Um, as a matter of fact, how the state was founded many decades before the actual political state declaration of a state. So this is part of our ethos from the very beginning, or you, 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 you might even say from before the beginning. Okay. So that that's I think I think we've pretty much taken up uh, the the issues of of Yom Hashoah and and the, and the Memorial Day and Independence Day. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that? I I you know I think that other show hosts on the station will be talking about it as well and sharing their experiences. And uh, if anybody has any special experiences, feel free to write in. Tomorrow at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If I have time on next week's show, maybe we can read out some of them. Uh, something that was very special that you saw. Because sometimes, you know, someone who's been here a long time, we kind of like fall into our 
our uh, groove and we don't see things from the eyes of somebody who's seeing it for the first time, bright and, you know, uh, exciting eyes. And, and sometimes it reignites uh, excitement in us that, you know, oh, I haven't looked at it that way or how interesting that they see it that way. So feel free to do that. Okay, we've got a lot of other topics we're going to talk about. U.S. Society Development and Secret Documents. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's been talking about these documents that got released online and this 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 young man, 21-year-old young man who's been arrested may or may not have any have had anything to do with that. Um let me start from the end and we'll go backwards for a second. Um uh, 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 uh if I had anything if I had any uh, um legal standing in this and thankfully I do not. Um uh, I I would simply say to the judge why is this person being in in, in uh, um, um, charged with any crime to claim that a hundred thousand people have access to these documents online, but the document is secret is ludicrous. The, the, the government, the United States government, has no case. They cannot; these documents cannot be called secret if a hundred thousand people can access them. I mean, this this young man was some. So the natural, uh, what is it? What do they call him? The National Guard. He was basically a, a nothing in terms of any military or functional standing. So he had access to the documents. So there were a hundred thousand others. No big deal. I, I can't say how they can how they can they can justify any any legal proceeding against him. Okay, but that's so much for so much for that for that young man. There have been some interesting. Um, uh, uh, news lately about some things dealing with the how the Uni- United States society has been developing over the last quarter century. <clears throat> the um, um, uh, Baloney Broadcasting Company, that, you, that somehow some reason still calls itself the BBC, um, recently had a headline where they said that the mass shootings in the United States have. Uh, 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 risen in quantity over this past year. That's simply untrue. I mean, they they don't look at the numbers because, you know, this company doesn't know how to look at numbers. They just throw out ridiculous statements. But let me give some numbers so people are aware of what, what it is we're talking about. 2020, there were 610 mass shooting incidents. Mass shooting in the United States is defined as four or more people dead. Okay? Or dead or injured, I should say. Um, 2020, 610, 2021, 690, 2022, 647, 2023, for the first three months, 146. If you do the division, the actual uh, arithmetic here, how many per day, it's still, they all come out to approximately just a little bit under two, two of these shootings per day. So there has been no rise. This is fairly steady. The numbers are horrid in any case. I mean, 690 mass shootings in a year? I mean, that, that should shake anybody to the core. How, can, how, how is this in, in any way defensible? And remember, I'm saying this as a person who very strongly supports what Americans call their Second Amendment rights. I support them strongly. The problem is not the guns. The problem is with society there's no excuse for that kind of that kind of action and let me give a few other numbers that people might be interested in that were recently uh published over this past week uh, uh so there have been uh, there, there's been a survey of um societal values and how they've changed over the past quarter century um quarter century in other words 1998 to 2023 uh, patriotism has gone from 70% of the people believed that patriotism was important to them down to 30%. Religion was 60% is down below 30%. Having children was 60% is down below 25%. Community values, it was 40% is down below 20%. That's pathetic. But having money, that went up from 25% to 40%. Hmm. So that we we see where American society values are moving. It is so sad. Yes. It is extraordinarily sad and it I think it dovetails very well 
with these numbers about mass shootings. When people have um, basically uh, feelings of, of despondency all the time, when the, the, the mass media are constantly promoting sadness and despondency and depression and all other negative emotions, it's no wonder that negative values come to play so greater uh, uh, a greater role. And when you have a country where there are millions of people that are homeless living on the streets with no home and with uh, can barely feed themselves and etc., uh, 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 the idea of, of of people dying in massive quantities by violence is not all that extraordinary. You know, I want to tell people here, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, they have maybe this inside fear that if they move to Israel, because it is harder here financially, usually. And they think, you know, what's going to happen? I'm going to be out on the streets. And I want people to know that if you've ever come to visit Israel, you do not see people living in the streets like you do in the United States. There might be a couple of, you know, crazies here that are, I, I won't go into it, but there's certainly not a homeless problem like there is in the United States. It just doesn't happen here. If people and communities don't help you, then the government has programs that help you. And that's why it's so sad to see that even in the United States that these government programs and communities are failing these people. And I know a lot of the homeless in the United States are people who are let out of, uh, you know, um, do they still call them insane asylums today? I don't know what they call them, but these facilities and but a lot of them are just people who live paycheck to paycheck and just are down on their luck so it's just it's so disheartening to see it's so sad it's so bothersome i i I cannot say you're completely correct of course i mean i i can remember visiting um san francisco it must have been about 1996 and it was a pretty little city today it's a cesspool I, it would never occur to me to visit anywhere in California today. All of California is basically a sewer. Um, I have a close friend who lives in western Massachusetts in a small town, uh, a town of something like 12,000 people. And they have a homeless problem there. It's not just, not just in big cities. So these are, these are very deeply ingrained problems within the American society. You don't see this in other places in the world. So when a country like China, and nobody should, should in any way accuse me of being in favor of communism, uh, heaven forbid, um, when they say that, you know, who are you to talk about human rights? I'm sorry, Chinese do, they have a case there. Their human rights are horrible, but so are the United States. Uh, I, you know, the human rights, you're, you're right, correct, that in China it is horrible because communism doesn't respect people. They, you know, you're just... Uh, uh, you're a tool. You're a tool, yeah. In the United States, it, was, uh, it used to be based much more on community and people helping each other. And, uh, and it's, you don't see it anymore and because families have broken and up and communities have broken up. And, and as you said, like everyone's in it for themselves. Money is like a, a big value there only. Well, I shouldn't say only. There's, there's a lot of good Americans and uh, it's hard to peg. But uh, as a whole, we're, we're seeing the decaying of the United States and it's just so sad. Okay, we're going to be back after this break. Everybody, don't go anywhere. We have a lot more to talk about. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And in the last segment, we were talking about the decaying of of the society in the United States, what's happening there. It's very, very sad because it's such a great country. And and to see it uh, decaying 
and to see what's happening there with the values of the people, with the breakup of families, with the breakup of communities, just very, very sad. We're going to turn our eyes now, though, to China, since we were talking about that in the last segment towards the end, and uh, China's air superiority over Taiwan. Taiwan is at the, is on the verge of being taken over and swallowed by China, and we're going to find out more about that now with our guest, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. Okay, look, again, I, I don't have any opinion concerning the Chinese claim of whether or not Taiwan is an independent country or is, is a breakaway province. I, I don't know enough about subject to claim anything. My parochial view would be if, are, if they indeed are separate for the last, what is it, I don't know, 80 years or whatever, then they should be separate. But um, that's an opinion I don't really know enough to, to be to, to, to say a lot about it. But if we look just at the issue of the military comparison, okay, so there is a, there are, there are two basic problems here, two basic issues here. The one issue is people in the United States talking about, is China going to invade Taiwan? I've expressed it in the past. I doubt very much that China will actually do a, a Normandy style invasion of Taiwan. It's simply too far away. They don't have the naval capacity to do that. And the, um, the, the, the quantity of Chinese soldiers that would be killed in such an, in such an invasion would be horrific. I, I understand also that China is now going to draft, start drafting, if needed, uh, college students, which, you, which before were uh, exempt from draft, and also uh, people above the age of uh, the regular age of soldiers. I hadn't heard that, but I, it, it's not surprising. But again, it, it doesn't really matter that much because more than 75% of these young people are single sons and daughters of their families. And if they're killed, in the fa- essentially they've wiped out the family. In Chinese values, that is absolutely horrible. And no Chinese government will do that with with impunity. And this would be the worst thing that can happen in a Chinese society. If you don't, can't, you simply can't wipe out a million families. It just, it would, it would collapse the country. Hmm. So, so the chi- China going to war in a, again, a Normandy style invasion is, I believe, highly unlikely. Um, however, that doesn't mean that there's nothing they can do. There's a lot that they can do about it. Um, um, uh, 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 the idea that the United States can send a um, whatever uh, 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 an aircraft carrier task force or even two or three to uh, significantly impede such a such a military attack by China is ridiculous. United States does not have the capacity to do that. If they did do that, remember an Ohio class um, um, uh, 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 aircraft carrier costs about twenty billion dollars. A missile, a Chinese missile um, that is capable of sinking, one Chinese missile that is capable of sinking a, 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 such an aircraft carrier costs under $1 million. So the cost of, uh, of sinking these task force would be utterly trivial in any kind of a war, particularly since the United States would be attempting to operate at the end of a very, very long supply line. United States does not have the military capacity to significantly uh, prevent a Chinese attempt at a military attack of uh, Taiwan. And the Taiwanese, of course, don't either, because the United States, despite all of its claims, has not been sending them uh, advanced weaponry, been sending them basically old weaponry. So the if a military confrontation was to take place, again, I do not believe a Normandy-style invasion could happen, that doesn't mean that something could not happen. Something could. Um, I don't know exactly what, um, but if help was to come, it would not come from the United States. It could potentially come from Japan. Japan is rearming, and people should be aware of that. For the first time since World War II, Japan is in the process of rearming itself. Hmm. And people who are not aware of it in terms of reserves, Japan has the world's largest cache of military grade plutonium in their stockpiles not made into bombs already but in a stockpile ready to be assembled if the need if they perceive a need for doing that clearly 
right at this point, that is illegal in Japan, but the stockpile of fishable material is there. The largest in the world. Okay. Over 7,000 tons. Okay. So, um, uh, 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 if something ha were to happen around around Taiwan, the ability, the ability of the United States to help them is highly suspect. The ability of Japan to help them is less suspect. I do not know enough about the overall military capacity of Japan right now, but I would never, never underestimate the Japanese militarily. And anybody who does is very foolish. Right. All right, let's go to a different topic. We've got uh, slave reparations. That's insanity. Oh, I, I, <laughs> insanity. I'm telling you, it's insanity. Okay, go. It, it's such an insane subject that I that, that I, I have trouble not just chuckling it out, but I'm, I'm but that's totally unjustified, and it's just not even impolite to chuckle about it. Um, the idea that California will pay, which was never a slave state, will pay reparations to people of a darker skin because they were perhaps slaves X number of generations ago is ridiculous. They have no way of knowing who and who, who was and who was not. And by the way, anybody who's forgotten this, Obama was, was never, ever, ever in any way related to a slave. His mother was white and his father is actually an un unknown. His claim is that his father was a Kenyan, which means that he never had any relationship with any slavery. Um, but the idea that they could somehow figure out who was an, uh, uh, descended from slaves and who was not um, is probably stupid. The idea that California should do this is utterly ridiculous since California never had slaves. Um, but of course, the people that are potentially going to get these reparations are all saying, oh, you've offered us whatever the amount was. That's not sufficient. We want more, 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 more. Again, the issue of the, the maximum value, societal value right now in the United States is having more money. If you can take it from somebody else, even better. So uh, there is a video about, uh, I, I don't know who the speaker was, but he was also, as you just said, complaining that it's not enough money what uh, California wants to give them, or at least San Francisco, I think it was. That, uh, I, I think San Francisco is supposed to be like a test case. Not, it's not okay. Uh, but the point the point is is that, and and uh, this is not original. I did not make this up. I I've I've seen this posted several times on the on the internet. But they're saying they want to pay. They want people who were never slave owners to pay people who were never slaves. Maybe their great-great-grandparents were slaves, and, and maybe the great-great-grandparents of, of some people, uh, because remember, the North wasn't in as much to slavery. For a time it was, in the very beginnings, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But it's just crazy insanity to have people who today, to pay people who are not slave owners, to pay people who are never slaves. It's an, I, I don't know. That's my opinion. It's insanity. I'll, I'll, I'll it and I can and I think that I have a right to say in the sense that my people, the Jewish people, were slaves, and our people who were slaves took reparations from the slave masters, but it wasn't their children and, and uh who were never slaves or or et cetera, et cetera. So okay, whatever. You okay, but I'll like. make it even worse for you. Um until about the beginning of the nineteenth century, the year one thousand eight hundred um, the majority of slaves in, the, in, in, in America were white, not black. And pe people just don't know the history. Most slaves during the 16th, 17th century, 18th century, were white slaves, not black slaves. It was simply cheaper. And this is a horrible thing to say, I'm sorry. It was simply cheaper to capture and enslave people in Ireland than it was to go to Africans, capture them there. And so the British sent many millions of Irish as slaves to the New World. And not just the British and not just Irish, of course. But I'm just using that as, a, as one example. Well, that's but. a history that hasn't been 
uh, exposed much no, at that's all. No, not true. There are articles. One can find them. Not much. I, I, I'm saying not I, much. When I wrote my book about, about European anti-Semitism, I, I documented some of that. That wasn't a central theme, so I didn't go into it in depth. But the, the material is out there. You just It's just never publicized. And, of course, nobody talks about it because it's, it's uh, in... Uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's almost anathema now it's to say that anyone other than other than uh, 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 former Africans were ever enslaved, which of course is a totally ridiculous statement because at that point in history, basically until the first, the second quarter of the 19th century, slavery was rampant in every country in the world, all over the world throughout history. It began to wane only beginning with the, the second quarter of the of the 19th century. Yeah, and I want to say, you know, there are some people who are trying to say, well, the Jews were involved in slavery, you know, the, the, the Jews, the Jews. I want to say this here. According to Judaism, and Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, you were a rabbi, so you can concur, that if you, the, the slavery that, uh, you know, when it talks about servants back in biblical days, if a Jew had a slave, quote-unquote, or a servant, they had the, 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 the person who employed the slave had to give the slave a bed just as good as his bed, a cover just as good as his cover, a pillow just as good as... It cost a lot to be able to have the right to take in an indentured servant. And after the seven-year period, they were to go free. In a six-year period. Six-year period. In the seventh year, they went free. Thank you. Right. So, uh, so here, when we're talking about the slavery that the Europeans and the and they and in America, this is we're talking about people who were kidnapped, and taken and sold into slavery. Now, you should know. I want everybody to understand this: that according to Judaism, if someone were to do that, they get the death penalty. You are not allowed to kidnap somebody if you kidnap somebody and force them well does that that's an that's an extra thing forcing them into slavery but kidnapping someone death penalty for that you are not allowed to do that it's totally against judaism oh, fill in any blanks that, you want but in chattel in european chattel slavery the slave owns nothing in uh, uh in judaism a, a servant can have as much possessions as he wishes that's a one has nothing to do with the other. And so in, if, that, yeah. if that servant has sufficient pur- uh, purchasing power to free himself, he has every right to do so immediately at any time that he wishes. Yes, and many people, some uh, I shouldn't say many people, but some people who got into debt or for whatever reason bec- uh, sold themselves into a, an indentured, to be an indentured servant. And again, I said after the, the, when the seventh year came, they were, uh, uh, they were to go free. And there were some who did not want to go free because they had it so good being a servant of somebody. Again, I said you had to supply them. They didn't live in these like wooden shacks like you see in Kunte, Kinte, the Roots, etc. This It's not what the West and Western countries and Europe, etc., how they treated people. We, As I said, we had to supply them with all of the comforts that the uh, owner or, or head of the house had. And uh, so... A lot of people didn't want to go free, and so it was despicable for somebody to choose to be uh, a servant to someone else than to be a servant to God, who is his creator. And they would take him out, and they would pierce his ear by putting a peg, a wooden peg from his ear into the doorpost of the home that he chose to give up his freedom to and become a servant for this uh, person. Go ahead. I should mention, maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. I should mention that I have those books, um, Roots and the other book, Queen, I think it's called. Um, and I read them once and they tore me apart in my soul so much. It was so enormously painful to read that I've never been able to read them again. And and I love rereading good books. They're, they're very well written. I don't know how historical they are, but they're extraordinarily well written. But they were, it was such a horrible emotional experience for me that I was incapable of continuing. Yes, and it was horrible. And I'm not, oh, and, and, and when I talk about reparations, I'm not belittling that at all. I'm just saying that today, 
many people were never slaves. I mean, all of the people today were never slaves that are demanding this in California. And uh, maybe they're great, great grandparents, great, 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 great. Who knows? Uh, but uh, it's it's just uh, I just think it's insanity there. But but the slavery well, was it, it, horrid, it, was name? evil, uh, and I'm glad that it's that, uh, done with. Is that her her great grandfather was a slave or a son of a slave? I don't remember what exactly she said. Her great grandfather. So some people can actually trace it, but I was I would expect that that's very rare. And my father, in who was in the Holocaust, was a slave laborer as well. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so let's rest that case. All right, last thing to talk about. We have just another few minutes, uh, about five minutes, and then we have to go. We have another live show coming up after this, by the way, called Returning Home. I encourage all of you to listen in, and uh, it's a great show about making Aliyah moving to Israel. All right, a theory of coordinated attacks by all Iran proxies. Tell us about that. Okay, um, uh, uh, Dr. Mordechai Kedar, who I admire enormously, a brilliant uh, I concur. Uh, 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 strategist yes. and brilliant uh, 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 observer of uh, Arabic and Muslim affairs. By the way, many Muslim imams from around the world ask his advice constantly, and I've seen these things online. That he he is so knowledgeable, both both in the Quran and in the Torah. I mean, this the man is brilliant. I mean, phenomenal. Anyway, he came, he. He discussed a theory recently over the past few days that Iran is attempting to organize a coordinated attack of all of its proxies. That that would mean Hezbollah, uh, uh, the government of Iraq, the government uh, of the Houthis in in Yemen, um, uh, 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 Hamas, uh, Islamic Jihad, and etc., etc., all of them to attack all at once, and in that way to... Uh, overcome our defenses such as um, Iron Dome and uh, uh, deplete our uh, the, the the ammunition of these uh, of these defensive shields, and in so doing, uh, uh, weaken us enormously with a coordinated attack of that nature. Right. Um, theoretically, this could occur. Um, it, it's it's not easy to to do something like that. And, and by the way. His theory is that they would attack and Iran would not attack directly so that they could not be implemented, which I think... Implicated. Uh, uh, implicated, yes. Yeah, I think someone's I, knocking think at your door. <laughs> Sorry? Is someone knocking at your door? Yes. All right, you go answer it, and I'm gonna, I'll, and I'll say, and I'll talk while you're while you're away. Okay, okay. go take care of that. Okay. This is live radio, everybody. This is what happens. This is life in Israel. Okay, life everywhere in the world is like this. Okay, so I want to say that I saw Dr. Mordechai uh, Kedar, who I've interviewed before several times, actually, some years back, and so brilliant man. He was a professor also at Barnard University, head of the department there, and of, of Arab studies, I believe it was, and. Uh, he was saying that the violence that was going on in the Temple Mount about a week ago or so here in Israel, uh, where the the Arabs there, I think we talked about it on the show, they, they were uh, fighting the police, and, and so the police were using their batons to quell the, the rioters there inside the mosque. So uh, he said that places like Al Jazeera were showing this footage in a loop. As soon as it, that f- footage was done, they would show it all over again. And it kept playing over and over and over again in a loop in order to incite Muslims around the world uh, the Arabs inside Israel and Jew haters all over the world to uh, to rise up and to fight against Israel. And he said that Israel, his opinion was that Israel should immediately close down Al Jazeera offices here in Israel and not reopen them until Al Jazeera uh, commits to making more fair coverage and that they have on a proper spokesperson from the Israeli government to explain the situation. And of course they can debate this spokesperson, right? It's freedom of, of speech. They can, they have a right to cross examine him, but to have a representative explain the other side so people can at least get both sides. So it was a, uh, it was a, I thought it was a very, very astute 
uh, remark that he had to make. I, I, I think I would go further and maybe just closing their offices for good, but, you know, I'd have to weigh that. Well, if you close Al-Zizili, you have to close BBC and a, film, and a bunch of others as well. <laughs> right. Propaganda arms. Right. And they're, right. And, they're and, and, you know, you don't have to close offices. You can have some pl- places just as military zones where you don't let them in and you have to do what you have to do. But and, but we're so open and trying to show everybody how democratic we are, et cetera, and how good we are that, uh, you know, we, we stick our necks out on the chopping block. But go ahead. We, we need to close in about two minutes. So go ahead. Okay. I don't know what you, what you just said, so I only caught the tail, the tail end of that. So I don't know what the subject was. Basically, I was saying that uh, Al Jazeera was playing footage of the violence in the Temple Mount over and over again to incite Muslims around the world and here in Israel. Yeah, but they weren't the only one. There were, there were, other, there were other things. BBC did that as well, and, and, and many other uh, um, uh, foreign news uh, casters did the same kind, same kind of thing. Okay. And again, this is, there, are, there are many precedents for him having done so. They do they they do these things constantly. This this is nothing new about that. I mean, okay, we only have two minutes left, so. Yeah. Um, How do you uh, 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 I'm always reminded of the um, of the uh, BBC when the Khatoel family was murdered, when they murdered an entire family, uh, 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 and the 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 report on BBC was that the the IDF killed two Palestinians. Not even mentioned that they had just two Palestinians that were killed were. Involved at the very moment, at that same moment, in shooting six little children, including one inside the womb. Yeah, so it's, it's not you know, these, a proper reporting. These news organizations, these so-called news organizations, are propaganda arms. Yes, uh, I remind people, for instance, in 1947 and 48, again, after the Holocaust, the, 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 the British government was still killing Jews. People should be aware that the British government during the mandate killed over 35,000 Jews. And uh, uh, the BBC was involved in some, a British operation called Operation Embarrass. That actually was the name that they used, um, where they attempted to uh, 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 implicate uh, um, uh, the, the, the Jewish agency for uh, uh, um, uh, um, that was that was attempting to bring in refugees from the from the displaced persons camps in Europe uh, and so they blew up some Italian ships that had nothing whatsoever to do with the Jews but again the BBC has always been a propaganda arm and they've never been honest about anything these are basically just filthy anti-semites who have no relationship whatsoever with truth only with their own hatreds they're just people that are just Horrible people. All right. So just just to wrap this all up, Israel is on uh, the, uh, I should say, we're getting ready for a possible uh, several-pronged attack by the proxies of Iran, as Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem just said, the northern border by the Hezbollah, the eastern border, uh, northeastern with Syria, uh, the Hamas in the south, and, Syria it, it, and Iraq. Yeah, and so surrounding us to get us on all sides to really thin our forces down. We don't have a large, massive man army uh, here in Israel. We have to call reservists all the time and reservists up to 50 years old. You're talking about people, <laughs> you know, grandpas no, re- in, in some cases. Normally up, called up so, on, on, so, on 35, 40. So we, uh, so yeah, but no, but there are people who go to, to who go to volunteer that are experts that, in their field, etc. So in any case, uh, we you know we are in a in a situation where the, the, our enemies feel like now's the time that Israel is weak, that they feel that we're divided, and that now's the time to attack, and they really feel that they have a chance to end Israel, uh, to and they're telling their people that as well that now it's you know it's, we're going to do it, and this time it's going to work. We're going to see the end of Israel. It's in our hands. It's just a matter of, you know, any moment. And uh, But you know what? Man plans and God laughs. Man proposes, but God disposes. So we are the children of Israel. We, you know, in the Bible, it is written, who's going to be here in this land in the end of time? And uh, it's going to be the Jewish people. And we are here for the third time back here in Israel. We're not going anywhere and uh, I hope that the smart people and people who are not so smart will get smart and realize that we're here and that we do good. We're helping people. We have. Uh, and, and by the way, that's the name of my of my latest book, which just came out 
last week the third time. Which is? The third the third Israeli Commonwealth after the, the first one being the kings, the second one being Hasmonaim, and the third one being now. But no matter go. what anybody in Europe says, I'm Israel high and it always will be. Israel, the nation of Israel lives. All right, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I want to thank all you for, you for listening in as Israel goes into the uh, days now of its national holidays of uh, Yom HaShoah and fill it in. Um, this is your Yom piece. Yom yeah, no, but you, you, you like the long title of Yom HaShoah. I was giving you a, a foot foot there to get in. Okay, and so uh, really a, a, a beautiful time to be in Israel. Even even the sad times, it's a, it's a wonderful time to be here when you're with the nation, mourning, acknowledging, appreciating. Uh, it's, just, it's just a very special time of unity. And, uh, and God bless the Jewish people here in Israel. And God bless all good people all over the world. And thank you, everybody, for being with us here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.